Welcome, listeners, to the 32nd chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the 4chan and 8chan episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we are going to give you some background on the infamous image boards known as 4chan and 8chan, aka The Chans. Then we will take a look at how they birthed and nurtured the QAnon movement. Jake will then take a deeper dive into this idea that the left can't meme, which is so rife on the right. But as you know, he never shows us anything before we record, so it could just be a series of slurs. <laughs> uh, now let's talk a bit about today's interview. Anytime podcasts interview people who broadly align with the right, especially alt-right and MAGA trolls, people tend to ask, rightfully so I think, why the hell these people are being platformed in the first place. Now, Jake and Travis, in private, have made very good arguments in defense of inviting this week's guest onto the show, and I stand behind them, despite having some reservations going in. This guy is a tech-savvy propagandist and right-wing activist who calls himself Dreamcatcher. His real name is James Brower. So together with this other dude, Microchip, who basically has a similar background, they claim to have created QAnon. You may remember them being mentioned by alt-right agitator and Pizzagate daddy Jack Posobiec when he attempted to debunk Q using chat logs from the aforementioned duo. We obviously didn't take Jack's article on face value, and we don't reference any of his opinions or claims, having done our own research on this. Anyways, after some back and forth, during which we verified James Brower's identity, we've decided to interview the man known as Dreamcatcher and run an edited version of the recording on this episode of the podcast. We hope you understand why we made the decision and how it relates to our central topic. Okay, done with the groveling. Let's kick this thing off. QAnon News. Uh, I only have one news item this week, and it's a white supremacist kills 51 in terror attack on two New Zealand mosques. On Friday, February 15th, at least 51 people were killed and more than 20 seriously injured in a terror attack on two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. Just before the shootings, the terrorists posted a link to an 87-page manifesto on Twitter and 8chan. And uh, just to be clear, the terrorists uh, made that post on 8chan's poll board, not the Q research board, and there's no evidence he's even familiar with QAnon. But he is certainly a white supremacist and white nationalist. Uh, he has been arrested and charged with murder. His uh, 8chan and Twitter posts before they were removed also include a link to a Facebook stream. For 17 minutes, the terrorist used a GoPro to stream himself raiding the mosque and killing several people. Social media sites such as Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter struggled to halt the spread of the footage, raising questions about the company's ability to manage harmful content on their platforms. Many in the QAnon community, unsurprisingly, because they are at heart terrified narcissists who are so broken and live in such a small world that they think everything, including mass murder, is all about them, called the incident a false flag. And uh, many believe that the incident is actually part of a plot to take down 8chan. It was a... Uh, so it's Pretty, pretty, pretty horrifying. I don't even know what to. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this, this shit's so above my pay grade. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think uh, we have any anything much more to say. We're gonna hopefully yeah. help give you some background on the chans, um, and it might help you understand. Um, might not. Who knows? The history of 4chan and 8chan with Julian Field. Meet internet user Moot, all lower caps. His real name is Christopher Poole. He lives with his mother in New York City. In 2003, at the age of 15, he founds 4chan, an image board where users can post anonymously. 
Some background. Image boards originate from Japan, where multiple platforms have risen to prominence, notably an image board called Futaba Channel. So, being familiar with the Japanese platforms, Christopher cribs the format and starts 4chan, which at first is mostly used to discuss manga and anime. But that shit ain't free, and Christopher starts going into debt keeping the website up, especially because over the next few years, its user base experiences a massive expansion. Soon 4chan becomes an umbrella term for multiple image boards, discussing different topics. By 2005, it gives us its first meme, lolcats, which is just putting text on the image of a cat, usually to make a joke. Seems pretty chill. That same year, the Chan creates Rick Rolling, which is the act of tricking someone into clicking on a link to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. In the following years, we see the evolution of their viral hits. Chocolate Rain is just a fun song thing. Boxy is just a funny character. And then in 2010, 4chan gives the world the ultimate gift, Pedo Bear. Now, this is an anthropomorphic bear who is also a pedophile and sexual predator. Uh, it got huge in Poland. But, but wait, rewind. Surely 4chan between 2003 and 2010 has not been an innocent affair. Well, no. In 2006, only three years into 4chan's life, threats of violence posted on the board caused the NSA and FBI to warn the NFL that dirty bombs might be detonated in their stadiums. The guy who posted the threat did six months in prison after turning himself in. He claimed that he, quote, would never take anything posted on 4chan as fact. In the aftermath, 4chan made the event into a meme. One of their board rules became, quote, don't mess with football. There are three more events from 2007 to 2009, threats posted on the board turning into law enforcement investigations and even the evacuation of a school in Sweden, actually more than a thousand people at that school. And two of these occurrences were hoaxes, uh, but one turned out to be a credible threat. 2009 sees AT&T temporarily blocking 4chan on their DSL branch. They explained that a denial-of-service attack was originating from IP addresses connected to 4chan. The users are pissed, and AT&T bends the knee, stating, quote, the block was not related to the content on 4chan. Christopher scolds them, describing the action as, quote, a bit of a mistake and poorly executed, disproportionate response. He went on to say it was a, quote, blessing in disguise because it brought attention to internet censorship and net neutrality. A year later, Verizon Wireless also stops traffic to 4chan, stating that they are, quote, explicitly blocked. Several days later, they bend the knee and remove the block. 2010 is a pivotal year for 4chan because it's the one when a 19-year-old named Ali Saad is arrested for posting child pornography and death threats on 4chan. The FBI finds 25 child pornography images on his computer, all downloaded from 4chan. It would be the first in a string of child pornography-related arrests. 2011 ups the ante with three arrests. 2012 quiets down, only one arrest that year. Those arrested range in age from 15 to 37. 4chan visits Celebland in 2014 when an iCloud breach leads to the posting of multiple celebrity nudes to the image board. They dub it, quote, the fappening. In the aftermath, 4chan announces that it will enforce the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. That year also sees 4chan users launching Gamergate, an elaborate harassment campaign that grew into a full-blown culture war. You know it's a good movement because Steve Bannon said of gamers, quote, These guys, these rootless white males, had monster power. It was the pre-Reddit. And he later states, quote, You can activate that army. They come in through Gamergate or whatever and then get turned on to politics and Trump. He's a perceptive guy. <laughs> yeah. During this period, multiple YouTube celebrities reveal themselves to be virulent misogynists if they hadn't already done so. But that's not all for 2014. It's also the year a man murdered a woman and posted a photo of the result on 4chan. 
openly discussing what he had done, encouraging other Chan users to check his local news, and telling them he wanted to share the picture before the woman's son returned home and called the police. The man was arrested the same day and is currently serving an 82-year prison term. By 2015, when he steps down from 4chan, Christopher Poole has launched and shuttered a company called Canvas Networks, which was supposed to allow, quote, sharing and remixing media and had received funding from investors. Poole sells the company to Hiroyuki Nishimura, a Japanese guy who had run his own chan in the past, which he had lost to financial issues and a series of scandals. You know, data mining and selling his users' information to political parties, the usual stuff. Uh, honestly, actually, I'm joking about that, but it's not much worse than what tech companies do every single day. When he leaves, uh, Poole lists multiple reasons for his decision, including the harassment and death threats he received every time he tried to enforce a rule on 4chan. Ironically, the rules he put in place attempted to dissuade 4chan users from doxing people, organizing harassment campaigns, posting child pornography, openly planning violent actions, and delivering death threats. 4chan is rife with all of this, and users are pissed that he is taking any action at all, accusing him of censorship. Poole starts to lose influence on the community as they grow increasingly unruly. Many defect to 8chan, another anonymous image board that we'll be exploring in a moment. Before we say goodbye to 4chan, understand that this is not a comprehensive history. I haven't touched on the cases of organized hacking, animal abuse, uh, nor have I touched on the leaking of Sarah Palin's emails, or the multiple coordinated efforts to make Nazi symbols or the phrase Hitler did nothing wrong trend on social media platforms. These people have done it all, folks. They mass posted porn to YouTube and once DDoS, the MPAA and RIAA. They ganged up to annoy the shit out of Justin Bieber once. Might be the only good thing they've ever done. So uh, if people ask you about 4chan and you want to sound, um, you know, uh, smart, you can, uh, you know, like let's say you're in a situation where you're being forced to interact with teenagers. Here are some basics that you can throw back at them. The two biggest boards on 4chan are the original board known as B and the political board known as Poll. The former has a series of run-ins with child pornography and harassment, and the latter is infested with neo-Nazis and racists of all stripes. They used the board to plan attack campaigns against feminists, homosexuals, trans people, Jewish people, and Arabs. The latest news about 4chan does not portend well for the platform. Plagued with financial difficulties, Hiroyuki announced in November of 2018 that 4chan would be splitting into two entities. One of them would be clean so the advertisers could sign on, and the other one would remain a boiling puddle of dog shit. <laughs> so Poole is gone and the beast lives on. My favorite quote by Poole is his take on privacy. Quote, my personal private life is very separate from my internet life. There's a firewall in between. That's pretty rich coming from a man who platformed hundreds of harassment campaigns, just a doxing pit. Um, so yeah, one single tear for the Dr. Frankenstein of Lolly. All right, now let's tackle 8chan. Just as the Puritans left Europe for North America because they wanted to practice their religion more freely, 4chan users left for 8chan because they wanted to protect their freedom to post child pornography, dox and harass women in the video game industry, discuss QAnon, and plan mass shootings in peace. It's impossible to tell the story of 8chan without telling the story of Frederick Brennan, a man with a truly Dickensian background. Born with brittle bone disease in 1994, he has been wheelchair-bound for all of his life and goes by the nickname Hot Wheels. Brennan gets hooked on computers at age 6. By age 12, he discovers 4chan. Quote, A video game that I had played at the time, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, had a link to an official now-closed BBS where players would post tips about the virtual pets in the game. 4chan B users raided the BBS, but forgot rules 1 and 2, namely not to mention that they were from 4chan B. This is how I found 4chan, and I've used it ever since. So this guy found out about 4chan because they harassed his Sonic game community. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, amazing! Cool. Fucking part cool. of that. I mean, you're 12 years old. Yeah, he's like, oh man, fuck, oh, this is tight. <laughs> In both cases, the Chans were founded by a 15-year-old. 
Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. Yeah. Someone with like probably the age, if you're a young boy with the least emotional maturity possibly in yeah. your entire history, and you're already you're you're already establishing politics and doubling down. And then of course, ten years later, you haven't changed, and everyone's like, "Why won't this person change?" And it's because yeah, you you have recognition. You're the head of a community now. You're completely validated. Right, and your persona is frozen uh, from when you were 15 years old. It's like Pretty you know, much, it's like when yeah. celebrities get famous, you kind of stay at whatever age. You know, you yeah. you act whatever age you sort of where you found celebrities. So Brennan's parents divorce when he is 14, and he's placed in the state foster care system. He estimates that by the age of 19, he has broken bones more than 120 times. He moves to Brooklyn at that age, writing websites for a living. He is briefly the owner of Wizard Chan, a community of male virgins, which he resigns from after losing his virginity. <laughs> a, a month later, he founds 8chan, which he envisions as a, quote, free speech-friendly 4chan alternative. In his words, I came up with the original concept of Infinity Chan while on a psychedelic mushroom trip. I was past the peak and was on the tail end of the trip, and I just decided to browse 4chan because that's what I did when sober. I was still tripping pretty bad, though, so I kept seeing these fractal patterns, and I wrote down the words Infinite Chan to remember for later. So yeah, the, the infinity symbol, if you turn it sideways, becomes the 8, and right. that's how it was, you know, became 8chan. So he continues. The next day, I was able to put into words more of what the site would be like. I was inspired partly by the admin of 4chan.net, Save the Internet, who routinely refused to make requested boards for users. I wondered what it would be like if there were a Reddit-style image board where anyone could make a board without express admin approval, and began hacking on the image board engine I knew best to make it a reality, Vichan. I decided to expire boards after inactivity so that it didn't get full of dead boards like Reddit does with dead subreddits, and released version 1 of 8chan two days later. So basically the kid uh, tripped out, and then three days later, 8chan was real. God, <laughs> so that's, that's how much thought has gone into this, everyone. Uh, and now we have to deal with it. So a year later, somebody steals $5,000 from him. Brennan had been saving up for a new wheelchair. The cops arrest the suspect. Brennan goes to the police station to identify the thief in a lineup. Afterwards, the Keystone cops forget to organize a return bus for Brennan, who is left stranded in the snow and develops hypothermia. The NYPD police commissioner is forced to issue an apology for the incident. The web marketing company that Brennan works for subsequently raises $15,000 for the new chair. That same year, 4chan gets out the banhammer and cracks down on Gamergate discussions. This causes 8chan's user base to surge as the boys, who, let's remember, will be boys, need a safe space to dox and harass women. In 2015, Brennan makes clear his stance on free speech. Quote, Image boards are the most important medium for free speech on the internet, even though fringe groups often come out due to anonymity and spread opinions that the vast majority don't agree with, they absolutely should still have the ability to. Image boards are a haven for all of the terrible things you listed, and that's exactly what makes them such wonderful places. I wouldn't change a thing. As always, the content of the post is the responsibility of the posters. It is humanly impossible for us to monitor everything. And fortunately, under the Communications Decency Act 230, we don't have to. So uh, this means that boards dedicated to suicide doxing and pedophilia proliferate on 8chan. This causes people to report the pedophilia boards to 8chan's host, Cloudflare. Brennan retaliates by doxing these people in a tweet. When asked about the pedophilia boards, Brennan states that they are simply the cost of free speech. Anybody on 8chan who objected to posted content is called a, quote, moral fag. Here's an excerpt from an article by Patrick Howell O'Neill for The Daily Dot. Quote, 
moral fags, the thinking goes, are not worth listening to because the self-described pedophiles, hebephiles, and ephebophiles, each word specifies the age of children that an adult is sexually attracted to, who populate these forums, have heard, quote, moral fag arguments a million times already. No amount of indignant internet posting, they reason, changes the fact that they're attracted to children and that they want to look at sexualized images of them. So ignoring or berating the inevitable crusaders is the only retort they have. Several 8chan forums featured children as young as toddlers dressed in swimsuits or thongs and posed suggestively. If this isn't outright illegal hardcore child pornography, it's walking up to the line of the law and spitting over it with a smirk, end quote. So in 2014, Brennan moves to the Philippines to work on 8chan full-time. He partners with 2Channel, a Japanese message board. He also begins working on a V2 of the board, which he is dubbing Infinity Next. It fails. Brennan eventually fires the developer working on the project. In the meantime, all the pedophilia stuff has cost Brennan his Patreon. He is deplatformed in January 2015. In 2016, Brennan resigns from 8chan, handing the keys over to owner Jim Watkins and his son Ron. In what he calls a, quote, post-mortem, Brennan apologizes to the developer he mistreated, explaining that he had grown unable to communicate with his collaborators in a respectful manner. He uh, explains that this is a, a lot to do with uh, the pain that he experiences due to his disability. I, apparently, it's it hurts just to basically reach for things and basic stuff, and uh, he has very limited mobility. So who the fuck are Jim Watkins and his son, Ron? Well, Watkins is a 50-year-old veteran living in the Philippines who learned about 8chan from 28-year-old Ron. They watch an Al Jazeera documentary on Brennan, and Jim eventually gets in touch with him to offer help. They visit a strip club in Queens with other Gamer Gators to celebrate 8chan's first birthday and Brennan's departure to the Philippines, where he partners with the Watkins fellas. One bizarre detail is that Jim has a pig farm and often posts pictures of the little piggies on an 8chan blog. He also has a history as a pornographer, at one point creating a site called the, quote, Asian Bikini Bar. When asked about white supremacist content on 8chan, Jim explains, quote, I am obviously not a white supremacist. I go for days without seeing another white face. I put up with racial problems similar to that of colored people in the 1960s, the black people of the 1970s, the African Americans of the 1980s, the people of color of the 1990s, and I'm not sure what the politically correct term in the 21st century is, but I have lived here in the same place longer than anyone else in my adult life. I love my home, as I am sure these people did in the 1960s. I don't have a problem with white supremacists talking on 8chan. They have reasons for their beliefs. I don't need to justify their reasons. So he's he's saying that Jesus. living he's, sa he's saying living as a white guy in the Philippines is exactly the same similar sorry to colored people in the 60s black people in the 70s African Americans in the 80s not sure why he has to change the term for the racial group that's that almost sounds like a boomer being like what do you got to call them these days I mean that's exactly what it is it's, I always it's think exactly. the n word but I guess I got to try this other term <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a subtle it's a subtle nod that yeah, that, that doesn't is, like SJWs yeah that's like discrediting yeah any kind of progressive language regarding any, you know, particular group of people. Eventually, the 8chan contingency fall out with two-channel owner Hiroyuki Nishimura, the same guy who went on to purchase 4chan from Christopher Poole, who now works for Google, because fuck it, Jeez. why not? Who gives a shit? Ethan Cheel wrote for Splinter News interviewing Jim Watkins. It turns out Jim is an anti-SJW guy who accuses people of planting the bad posts just so they can report them and get 8chan shut down. At the end of the article, Jim talks about what's next for the platform. Quote, Watkins is still hopeful and eager that 8chan's advertising business will take off. As we got off the phone, he half-jokingly tried to sell me on buying ads there in order to boost Fusion's profile. Quote, Buy some advertising on 8chan. It's only $5, he said, briefly adopting a mock accent and pronouncing his L's as R's. $5, $5. 
I obviously won't read that in the <laughs> in the intended uh, vernacular because <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to cancel myself. As we all know, in 2019, 8chan is still going strong, and a New Zealander posts on the board announcing his intention to carry out a mass shooting in multiple mosques. He is an avowed neo-Nazi and white supremacist. Armed to the teeth, he kills over 50 people and injures 40 more. This is not a blip. White supremacists and neo-Nazis have been congregating on 8chan for years, planning, quote, operations or ops. Users enter through Gamergate and get radicalized on the boards. In their parlance, they take the red pill. As Jake has stated before, the final red pill always seems to involve embracing Nazism. After all, if you believe women in the gaming industry are destroying Western civilization, then why not also shitpost neo-Nazi rhetoric? You know, just for the lulls. Fast forward a few months, and you sort of believe the posts. Soon shitposting turns into what Chan users call, quote, effort posts, wherein they plan real-life violence and carry it out against marginalized groups. This taxonomy points to a structured mechanism that allows users to partake in operations. They range from trolling to harassment to full-blown violence and even mass murder. I'd like to thank Anna Valens for her great Daily Dot article on this subject, and that is it for this uh, segment. Oi vey. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, so this, this uh, hell world was created by 15-year-olds, I think yeah. is my, my main takeaway. Yeah. Right. And, the end re- and the end result uh, on top of many is a fucking guy going into two mosques. I saw Jake Hanrahan posted an archive of the chat posts and the Anon's response to this guy as yeah. he goes in. And that is really where you see how sick um, these people are like the uh, uh, one of the posts that I saw was just someone basically saying that he was laughing his ass off because of one of the meme references in the manifesto. Like that was his whole take. Like, oh my god, dying! Like he included this thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, yeah. It it is like there is this total. I mean, a, a lot of times when we discuss QAnon. You know, we talk about you know one of the main one of the main sort of themes is that there is this complete disconnection from mm-hmm. reality, and and this is the simplest uh, form of that principle in action. Let's talk about why fifteen year olds can get from whatever they're thinking in their heads, which is a, you know a mess of hormones and completely untrustworthy in almost every way. Yeah. Like no one would actually allow 15 year old boys to structure anything in society <laughs> yeah. if you had half a brain. But because the way um, that we deregulate everything, uh, especially within capitalism or, or whatever, you know, we allow these 15 year olds to have an amazingly huge impact on our culture that none of us get to have a say in. Mm-hmm. So then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, like some guy just, uh, you know, like, cause if, if someone set up like a gym downtown or whatever, and, uh, a bunch of white supremacists just got together there to play cards and talk about what to do next. Like we'd have a say in that. The, yeah. the city might get involved. Maybe the cops are, are whatever paid off, but then maybe they get busted by a newspaper. There's some form of mechanism, even if it's broken and fucked up and old, right? To, to police deal it with in that. some way. But yeah, because the digital world is not treated that way. And and hey, I am not for the you know like the kind of censorship of information. But when we when we look at social spaces that um are just simply overwhelmed with child pornography and white supremacist stuff, you gotta take a look at that. Right. Maybe. Like, if you're running a dog kennel and you find out, like, there's white supremacists congregating in the back, like, you would probably do something about it. You wouldn't just talk about how great your kennel is and how people should fuck off about your back room. I I am of the belief that every single person that posted in that forum or in that thread that did not say... There was one person that I read through, of, of hundreds of comments, there was one person that said, hey, man, don't do it. 
One. Yeah. Jesus. I think every other person, whether you're saying, oh, my God, holy shit. Oh, my God. Uh, OP is OP is the real deal. You know, all that shit. You, you should all be charged with a crime. I, I, I think that um, the fact that this many people knew about an attack that was taking place and did nothing to try to prevent it makes you a fucking accomplice. But that's the problem is that going onto these boards, the reason why people do it is because they can be anonymous, but that also removes the possibility that they can do anything when something like horrifying is announced. Yes. Because they don't know who they're talking to. And unless that person literally just says, oh, it's going to be this mosque, yeah, they can't do anything about it. So yeah, there is no... There's no possibility of justice if we allow these systems to proliferate as they exist. If right. there's really no, you know, nobody gets to look over it and say this is wrong. Like nobody gets to shut down the forum called like pedophilia. It's, I mean, you know, we're not, no one's asking that they police everything. But when you have a whole board just called pedophilia and then like the description of the board is like, we're pedophiles. And then you're like, I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I just man, think that so fucked, the man. net negative is pretty powerful. It's here. really, really powerful. Yeah, and the fact that it stems from like a, uh, it's just two fifteen-year-olds yeah, at different two times. Fifteen-year-olds. Who, by the way, when they like sold or left, like they hadn't learned shit. Yeah, they were just pissed off that they got into a series of legal battles because they had been hosting pedophilia or like people had made death threats or, yeah, or carried w- out violence. It was a bummer. Yeah, it was like, fuck, man. I guess I don't get to... thing I got to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Poor poor Jim Watkins can't post more photos of his pigs. And I do, I'm not kidding. His his blog is just photos of his pigs and just stupid comments. Like, look look at these little pinkos. They're, ooh, look at these little chublets. He's just having a good one. He's just a fucking boomer. Yeah. He's a fucking boomer. And then, and then he gets to decide whether we get 8chan or not. <laughs> Some red-pilled fucking boomer who was chain red-pilled from from a fucking a documentary. So even when we cover the shit in the mainstream, it can red-pill some motherfucker. So we're doing a bad thing here. Jake? Uh, you, specifically. Uh, I'm canceled. <laughs> 4chan, 8chan, and QAnon with Travis View. I want to talk about the predecessors to QAnon, because before Q, there were several Anon 4chan posters who all claimed to have special inside government information. Uh, In 2016, there was FBI Anon, a self-described high-level analyst and strategist who provided dirt on Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. And then there was HLI Anon, an acronym for a high-level insider who hinted at conspiracies and riddles. Uh, one of these conspiracies, by the way, was that Princess Diana had been killed because she found out about 9-11 beforehand and tried to stop it. Yeah, dude, for uh, sure. Uh, Princess Diana died in 1997. No, but she was wearing like a superhero outfit when she died, and people wonder why, but she was on her way to save the world. And then there was uh, CIA Anon and CIA Intern and White House Insider Anon. So a Q really follows in the footsteps of several uh, 4chan LARPers. Can we CIA intern? Yes. I mean, yes, why would yes. you listen to them? They're just a fucking intern. <laughs> <laughs> There's high level people in the same chan and you're going to be like, what does the intern think about this? The guy who has to serve coffee and never gets put in on any of the good briefs. <laughs> Tell us how the coffee tastes in fucking Langley. But I want to focus on two in particular, uh, FBI Anon and Mega Anon. Before QAnon, probably the most famous uh, insider Anon was FBI Anon and FBI Anon may have been one of the things that helped spark Pizzagate. 
Uh, and when you look at the FBI anonymous posts, you notice that the tone is very, very different from QAnon posts. While QAnon talks in these cryptic phrases and often very over-serious, FBI anon talks like this jaded detective talking shop. But uh, FBI anonymous posts include a lot of themes that we'll later see in QDrops. On uh, July 2nd, 2016, FBI Non made the first post titled, Ask Me Anything uh, About the Clinton Case. I am a person with intimate knowledge of the inner workings of the Clinton case. I will answer as many questions as I can without giving too much away. <laughs> what? The a first contradicted. Don't, don't expect too much from me. <laughs> the first question FBI Non fielded was, will she be indicted? FBI Anon responded like this. There is intense pressure for us not to do so. I am posting from a position of near anonymity and enough plausible deniability to evade prosecution as we have all been given gag orders. There is enough for her and the entire government to be brought down. People do not realize how enormous this whole situation actually is. Whether she will be or not depends on how much info about others involved gets out, and there are a lot of people involved. In one instance, FBI Anon thankfully told Anon that uh, he shouldn't try to take matters into his own hands regarding Hillary, and FBI Anon said this. Killing HRC would not cause this problem to go away. The problem is with the Clinton Foundation, as I mentioned, which you should just imagine as a massive spiderweb of connections and money laundering implicating hundreds of high-level people. Though I do not have a high opinion of Hillary, she is just a piece, albeit a big piece, of this massive shitstorm. We also see an uh, FBI anon a lot of the themes uh, about hidden child trafficking rings, which were expanded in QAnon. Uh, here's what FBI Anon had to say about that. Sex rings are popular in all governments, but pedophilia is primary in British Parliament and Saudi Arabia, and that's why Hillary and Bill love foreign donors so much. They get paid in children as well as money. Dig deep and you can find it. It will sicken you. These people are sick. Just like a pallet of children, like stacks of money, <laughs> yeah, with listen. little rubber bands around them. <laughs> So FBI Nod, you get all the big promises of QAnon. In the FBI Nod world, almost everyone in the entire government is criminally corrupt, and they all might get arrested any day now, and Hillary Clinton is directly involved in child sex trafficking. And like QAnon, FBI Nod did spill out of 4chan and have real-world consequences. There were a lot of factors that helped spark the Pizzagate conspiracy theory, but one of them was an article on the fake news site YourNewsWire.com which was published on October 31st, 2016. The headline was FBI Insider, Clinton emails linked to political pedophile sex ring. The FBI Insider being referenced here is FBI Anon. This is a real awkwardly constructed sentence from that article. An archived thread on 4chan in which an FBI insider originally hinted that the Clinton email server investigation was merely a distraction from the more sinister Clinton Foundation and its connection to pedophilia. Less than a week before the 2016 election, this article and its claims were repeated in fringe and far-right publications online. 
After that groundwork was laid, a few days later, Trump trolls on Twitter started highlighting innocuous passages in leaked emails from Clinton campaign chair John Podesta to claim they contained code words about pedophilia and human trafficking. And the theory grew and got wildly out of hand, and then it led to a shooting in Comet Ping Pong, which was allegedly the epicenter of this child trafficking. So that was FBI Anon. The other big Q-like Anon was Mega Anon. And Mega Anon... Bigger be- Anon than all the other Anons. First small Anon, then medium size Anon, <laughs> then the biggest one. <laughs> so yeah, Mega Anon made over a thousand posts from uh, May tw- 2017 to January 2018. And Mega got its name because the earliest posts were about uh, Kim.com, the Finnish-German entrepreneur. Right. Uh, and uh, based in New Zealand. And his service, uh, Mega Upload. Hello, this is Mega Anon. I am a small blue boy that can shoot things out of the end of his hand. Uh, Let me tell you what I know about Hillary Clinton being a pedophile (laughs) and also 12 other bosses. In 2012, the U.S. Department of Justice seized domain names related to uh, Mega Upload as part of a copyright infringement case. Uh, the first conspiracy theory that Mega Anon pushed was basically that Mega Upload was used to store a lot of government secrets, including secrets leaked by Seth Rich. And to be clear, this is a totally baseless claim. Yeah, and like Kim.com fights with the government all the time. He's a fucking... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, he's a rabble rouser. He's not going to... Yeah, he is facing extradition from New Zealand, which he is fighting in court. So so if he loses his next appeal, he might be headed to... Uh, getting a free ride to the U.S. courtesy of the feds. But since he's been storing all this great information for them and helping him out, it'll be fine, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I remember during the whole Seth Rich uh, conspiracy theory when that when that really surfaced. Kim.com was right in the middle of it claiming that that he had legitimate proof that uh, Seth Rich had leaked these secrets and that he was willing to to trade them uh, for some kind of uh, relief from his uh, you yeah. know uh, char- uh, criminal charges uh, that he faced in the United States. Sure. Megan Anon also took on a different tone than either Q or FBI Anon. Uh, the poster alternates between from being jokey and laid back to being furious and exasperated. Kind of like Q is nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, a weird, in a weird way. Yeah. And uh, Mega Nod's first post, you notice the, the, the technique of asking leading questions, which became a staple of QAnon. Uh, here's what uh, th- that first post said. Mega Upload didn't have the bandwidth, uh, infrastructure, storage, and security it did. Think of the scale of Twitter now times two. So you could jerk off to Anchorman 2 nine days before it hit theaters. So that begs the question, if Mega Upload wasn't just uploading, streaming boots for degenerates, uh, what was all that infrastructure designed for? Who'd need that kind of edge slash firewall power? Who'd need all that up-down bandwidth, storage, remote backups, and redundancy? For the love of fucking God, Paul, who might benefit from offshore storage and security? Who might have so much shit they need to securely dump in one shot? I have so much shit I want to securely dump in one shot. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I hope to do it in one shot. <laughs> you it's, don't want to have to go and sit down a second time. No, you don't want to like you don't want to spend you know fifteen to twenty minutes in the bathroom, uh, think that you're done with it, uh, lay down, and immediately five minutes later uh, get up to uh, shit again. You only got one shot. You only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow because opportunity comes once in a lifetime you better <laughs> <laughs> lose yourself to the music arms are sweaty queuing on on his sweater already tapping a chance talking about freddy <laughs> oh my god 
<clears throat> True to the genre, uh, Megadon spun a lot of conspiracy theories and even used phrases that would later appear in Q-drops like breadcrumbs and House of Cards. But, of course, despite all the posting, Megadon never managed to reach QAnon levels of fame. Well, he chose a very esoteric topic. Yeah. Very, very niche. Like, first of all, you have to explain to the person what Kim.com is, what Mega Upload is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to somehow True. trick them into thinking that a huge service used for tons of piracy with some sort of psychotic, embattled, like, you know, a guy who thinks he's the king of the world. Yeah, of course they'd have shit tons of bandwidth. Like, yeah, and of yeah, course he'd try to protect it. Like that, that just fits his profile. When QAnon started to get big, Meganon even commented about Q. But for some reason, Meganon constantly called QAnon Q-bra. For wait, example, what? wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, ah, this, this my fr my other anon, Q-bra, my, my, yeah, like, my chum, my bra. Like, what up, bra? Yeah, wouldn't it be bra anon? Yeah, because they're bra, both anons. That, they're that's important. They're not point. both Qs. Okay. Here's a, a Meganon post from November 4th, 2017. Yeah, well, now knowing that he uses the word bra, I'm going to slightly uh, uh, yeah. alter my affectation Absolutely, of yeah. uh, everything this Q-bra is saying, I 100% agree with. <laughs> this is the reality of what's going on. Like, only thing that I don't agree with, in all honesty, is the, quote, we need you to save the world bullshit. We don't need you. <laughs> no offense. It's happening regardless. It's either accepted or not, but it's not stopping. I'm only implying that what's being detailed in these Q threads is a reality. Paul nor anyone else can change. That's all. That really reveals why uh, Meganon never got that big. Because like Meganon is like, yeah, we don't need all of you and Nas people. We don't care about you. You're not important, all of you. Yeah. Like, we got it covered. We got We're covered. not in this to save the world. Then every yeah. boomer ever just, just basically dropped out. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. every boomer ever somehow, like they lived through the late 60s, and then they went to complete shit and gave up on all their ideals. And so they'd love to return to that halcyon age where they meant something and they felt like they could change the world yeah. before they bankrupted us all. As QAnon started getting even more attention, Meganon realized perhaps it wasn't a good thing to promote a competitor. <laughs> so Meganon started to claim that every QAnon post after November 1st, 2017 was fake and QAnon was pushing bad information. Uh, here's a Meganon post from late November 2017. The alt-right is basically validating and discrediting themselves via the fake news, tinfoil, conspiracy theories they're pushing and perpetuating on their own because Q helped them link fake facts to real facts so masses of people would think they were connecting dots correctly. When they weren't then spreading those fake facts via the fake news, they denounce, right? That's the point, boss. You do realize the MSM picking this up is on fucking purpose, yes? When they prove your cue wrong, they'll tie it to how ridiculously ignorant all the other shit citizen investigators told you was true. Interestingly, uh, someone actually started promoting Meganon in the style of a QAnon decoder in uh, December of 2017. David Wilcock, who is a quasi-spiritual disclosure grifter, who, who claimed that uh, he spoke directly to Meganon, and Wilcock revealed that Meganon is a woman. Here's what we here's what Yeah, because women love calling uh other people bra. Right. Here's what Wilcox said about Meganon on December 4th, 2017. She has prognosticated major, major shakedowns that will take place soon enough. In so doing, she has validated many of the specifics I have been talking about since 2009. This insider is, I believe, 
more significant than QAnon, since she also confirmed what others have said, namely that this source has been taken over, possibly since November 1st, and is now 50% disinfo, if not more, sadly enough. <laughs> she did not say she is not part of any branch of the military or intelligence agency. That being said, she obviously has very high-level access. From her perspective, we are not going to see, quote, mass arrests, as certain intel had so strongly suggested in the past. Instead, we will just get wave after wave of increasingly bigger events, some perps grabbed here, some there. Nonetheless, this should all build by leaps and bounds and eventually get to a point where we are in a very different world than we are today. I have a girlfriend in Canada. Her name is <laughs> Mega Anon, okay? And she really exists, okay? She's she's 5'8". Double D's, dude. I, yeah. Tight body, brah. I went on a trip with my dad, and we met. <laughs> I went out to her on the beach. She had a, uh, a Megan on tattoo on her left butt cheek. Oh, dude. So what happened? Did you guys like get to second base? Or well, uh, you know, I had like two pina coladas in my hand because I'm like that. I got game, and so I brought one over to her, and I was like, "Hey, would you like a pina colada and to talk about like what level of access you have?" And then, and then what happened? Uh, of course, we we fucked, man. I had like a great sex, like all night, dude. She was so satisfied. Like after every orgasm, she would just cry and look at me and just say, "I'm so fucking grateful." But dude, how'd you get away from your dad? Uh, my dad is a fucking pussy, and like he just runs a lot slower than me, and so I kind of like you know he just got out of breath. Cool. So you're not a virgin. Nah, dude, nah. I fuck all the time, you know? Uh, and uh, two juicy butt cheeks, mega non, just fucking on the beach. I was just slathering that Tropicana uh, uh, <laughs> orange juice. Whoops. <laughs> Tropicana orange juice all over her butt cheeks. And you know you know how that goes, you know? You get a nice orange tan from the Tropicana. You just want to rub it everywhere on your body. Anyways, she lubes me up with orange juice. We're just sitting there like two worms on the beach, just fucking burning up. There is a funny ending to the story of mega non. It all ended because Megan Nan was red-pilled on QAnon, which is really insulting to David Wilcock, who stuck his neck out for uh, Megan Nan by calling it more significant than QAnon. <sighs> My girlfriend's pregnant now, and <laughs> I think it's QAnon's. <laughs> Cucked by Q. You heard it first. <laughs> Have you or a loved one been quucked? Please... <laughs> Please call our please call our support line at one eight hundred Q Q M Z W B. After initially hating QAnon's bad info, Mega Anon eventually came around and realized that disinformation was necessary, and also that Q was drooling Assange. This was Mega Anon's theory. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ! <laughs> so, <laughs> so this comes from uh, Mega Anon's final post on January thirteenth, two thousand eighteen in which Meganon speaks directly to Q. You know I need truth, and bullshit doesn't sit well with me. Hence, I get, quote, triggered and call others out when they say things they can't confirm. I don't mean to seem mean, but yeah, I get pissed. I'm a person. I post what I do to not deceive, but hopefully further talks. <laughs> what? Terrible writer again. <laughs> you let me be right and tell the truth. By making accusations on you based on the fake facts you meant to give me. It's why you use, quote, breadcrumbs, quote, connect the dots, and, quote, house of cards. References after I did. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that bothered the absolute fuck out of me. So this is someone who has effectively applied disinformation on themselves and <laughs> is now confused. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, I felt like... Uh, you know, Meganon has been posting for months and months and months, and then QAnon like blew up in the course of like a week. Oh my and god! So jealous. Mega Anon is PUBG, 
and QAnon is Fortnite. Oh, yeah, damn. Basically super, straight up, yeah. man. Super butthurt. Tracks. Yeah. So, so just review. Megadon started before Q, praised Q, decided that QAnon was compromised, and finally converted to Q before never posting again. <laughs> <laughs> and that, children, is what we call an op. <laughs> Why, in the QAnon universe, would the highest levels of military intelligence deliver their message of massive revolutionary change on 4chan and 8chan? Q actually uh, asked the same question in November 5th, 2017 Q drop when Q said, why is this platform being used? And the reason that the Anons came up with is that basically the Chan Anons are the smartest, cleverest, hardest to fool people in the entire world. <laughs> so yep. this is the answer to that question uh, and the Q drop aggregator site, QAnon.pub. The reason Poll was selected is because we always have our nose ass deep in situations the average person would find unnerving. We do not buy the narrative. Most of us are here because we were searching for the truth, and we found it. Poll was selected specifically because we already know where this goes, and we have a vested interest in seeing it through. We have our nose ass deep in child pornography all day, and this makes us so much smarter than everybody else on the internet, and that's why we write like shit, and that's also why we created the Q clock. But why did uh, Q make the switch from 4chan to 8chan? Uh, the first Q drop on 8chan happened on November 25th, 2017, and this is what that Q drop says. Test. Test. 4chan. Infiltrated. <laughs> Future posts will be relayed here. Q. That's it. That's the entire explanation Q offered. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think Q was just a Gamergate guy. He yeah. was doing side posts for, about Gamergate, and he was like, fuck, we're getting censored here. Yeah. They realized, basically, that 4chan standards were too high. If yeah. they wanted to keep doing this, yeah. they needed to move to 8chan. In many ways, 8chan only exists because of Gamergate, the surge in population that happened when they banned Gamergate. 8chan was already around for a year. It just hadn't taken off. Right. It was fine. It had its community, you know, like people used it, but it didn't get big until Gamergate. So again, Gamergate, you know, and Steve Bannon saw this very clearly, Gamergate is definitely an entry point to further red peeling with the final result being white ethno-nationalism. There was even there was even talk from Anons. I remember when this was going down that Bannon had actually been a part of orchestrating GamerGate as a test run for the use of message boards in the uh, in running propaganda for the Trump campaign. And before that, he ran a company that sold gold to World of Warcraft players illegally. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting. It's, like, <laughs> it's just such a fucking. And before shit that, he mess. was like he was like a movie producer who worked with like Steven Soderbergh and shit. Like, welcome to your new president, fifteen-year-old gamer. He has no given name. Instead, prefers to be called Four Twenty Blaze It. Interview with James Brower. The very first Q drops were posted on 4chan on October twenty-eighth, two thousand seventeen. But QAnon didn't really break out of 4chan and into the wider social media world until around November 3rd and 4th, 2017. On November 4th, Jordan Sather, one of the bigger QAnon grifters, made a video in which he alleged that the person known as Q had revealed themselves. And here's what Sather said. This poster Q revealed his alleged identity and is a guy by the name of James Browers, who was a former state assistant in the Trump administration, it looks like. Uh, I'll post his Twitter down below where you can 
check what he's been posting out. Yeah, he's a former state assistant. And he posted on his Twitter, I hope you guys enjoy the 4chan posts and just the letter Q, as if that was him. And then he goes to post a few other dates. He posts the dates of 11-11, 11-13, and then December 4th. You know, and he says he's not LARPing, he's not live-action role-playing or basically faking us, but just feel free to believe what he's saying is just sharing what he's been told. So, again, lots of alleged stuff, lots of things we're still trying to see play out, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on today that give credence to this being true, or a lot of what he said being true. So, um, James Browers gives us some new dates. And we've also seen some other things be posted on 4chan. One of the things that uh, Q, or James, mentioned in that first post was that a lot of other things would be dropped on 4chan. In that video, Sather says James Browers, but he meant to say James Brower. But who is James Brower? Well, James Brower is a 31-year-old who currently works in the private sector in Massachusetts. Like Sather said, James Brower was a volunteer for the Massachusetts Trump campaign. After that, he was involved in a pro-Trump get-out-the-vote campaign called MAGA3X. After the election of Donald Trump, Brower continued to participate in social media campaigns designed to help the Trump administration. And Brower claims that in October of 2017, working in collaboration with others, he authored and posted the very first Q-drop on 4chan. But I'm going to let him talk a, a little bit more about that. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. My first question is, so just tell me, what what exactly was your personal involvement in the origin of QAnon? I'll go a little bit into detail. Um, you know, obviously everyone, you know, that at least had the chance to, you know, see the Discord logs and, and things such as that. A, a lot of what we did, we sort of wanted to come up with something to, um, I guess you could say, take away from the mess that was Charlottesville. Um, that was that was sort of one of the main things that and and I'll start off by saying like white nationalists are the scum of the earth. Like I don't I don't care what your real belief is. Um, it's sort of sad that that really exists in uh, 2019, but you know it's it's, it's just how we are um, as, as a society apparently. But so what we did was got together with the pro trolls of, of Trump, and um, we wanted to come up with an idea that could. Maybe get the people that were sort of upset about it because there were a lot of people upset about it that, that were in the Trump circles that were like, how do we deal with this? How do we um, maybe take away from the fact that not all of us are these people that showed up to this rally? You know, because a lot of people thought it was disgusting on my side too. Uh, conservatives, what happened that day was a stain on I feel everything we we as a society should believe in. So we wanted to come up with an idea to, I guess, get people off of that subject because a lot of people were upset about it because they were like, hey, you know, I knew these people. I never knew it. And then they started thinking, does that make me a white nationalist? And it, it, a lot of people were upset about it. That's sort of what the uh, original post came from. You know, we got together, came up with uh, what was popular within the groups, you know, what people were talking about. And, and that's sort of how we gauged how we set up the very first posts and, and how I posted in terms of uh, on 4chan. And um, we sort of went with it from there. And obviously it, you know, spiraled out of control. But um, I, I guess it's just 
that was the original involvement and sort of origin of QAnon. And you know, I will I will speak and say that if anybody thought it was anything other than that, they're, they're wrong. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are you know trying to come up saying that it's still somebody within the government. And a lot of people, you know, look at the you know volunteer for the Trump campaign as, oh, hey, that's an inside whatever. That's really not. Any any one of us could go and volunteer for a presidential campaign depending on what state you reside in. So there's no real government connection there. And, and you know, I just, I guess, wanted to, you know, make that clear. Not everybody that voted for Donald Trump is a white supremacist. And, and that's what a lot of people started feeling that way. And these were normal people. These were even black people that I know that voted for him. They're the, like... And it just shook people up. So you're telling me that your vision of Trump before Charlottesville was that he was not racist or in any way carrying out, like, for example, the redlining he carried out during his days as a real estate guy and that he he hadn't expressed uh, clear racist thoughts in the past. Then Charlottesville occurred, which was, uh, according to you, a kind of a blip on this otherwise good movement. And then you wanted to return the movement away from white supremacism by focusing on the uh, essentially the potential imprisonment and execution of, uh, Democrats. Um, I wouldn't say that more, more, if you look at the, um, it was more of just getting people off that topic because I so do PR. know that. So you're just talking are, about a PR effort. Yeah. Because there are things that I can't defend Trump on, like what he did in New York. There are things that, you know, he has to answer for, you know, and I, I don't speak for him at the end of the day. And, you know, there's things that I don't agree with that his stance are like, for instance, I supported DACA. I voted for Obama. Like I know friends that are DACA recipients. So it's like I don't want them deported. I don't want them shipped out um, because at the end of the day, I've seen they're my friends. They're a part of my community. So when Trump said that the Mexicans were rapists coming to try and, and you know, take our jobs and women, that didn't phase you? That didn't You didn't connect that to DACA? No, because the thing with me is it's just how I look back at it is he's just not very – I'm not very good at public speaking. It doesn't condone what he said. I, I disavow any of that. I, I agree. You're saying he tripped He tripped into saying Mexicans are rapists. I mean, I at the end of the day, I just think sometimes everybody says something stupid. I think he's an idiot. You know, and I, I'm being open about it, saying that he is an idiot at the end of the day when it comes to speaking, when he could just simply say, not say those things and actually talk about policy. Back then at that point, I was a little blinded. I'll openly admit that. All right. But now looking back at where we are in 2019, I look back and I see that he is wrong on a lot of his policy stances. I want to I want to bring it back to the to, to uh, QAnon, the original, the origin of Q a little bit. So uh, I'm curious, how did you sort of imagine that the sort of the, the campaign would play out? Obviously, it got wildly out of hand, but you just sort of thought that it would sort of like a, a raise morale amongst uh, Trump people, and then it would just sort of be over quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, because like if you go and look at like anything that happens on 4chan and this is like looking back, I'm, I'm not really like what 4chan is now. It's, it's a lot different than it was two years ago. I just thought it would get people like involved in maybe something to make like a community thing, not obviously what it is now, because now it's just friggin ridiculous. But yeah, it was more like if you look at, say, FBI and Anon, things like that. It was interesting threads. A lot of people talked about it. It brought up a lot of different things. A lot of people started talking, maybe maybe doing research on stuff, and it got people 
maybe aware of things that maybe our government ha- had a part in, at, say, 30, 40 years ago. So it was more about getting people um, to, to, I guess, do their own research, not to totally like say, oh, screw any type of, you know, publication, things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I guess you could say it's more of just getting people to use their own brains, if you want to put it that way. So was there a moment when, so you were only involved in the first f- a few posts, right? Of Q- yeah, the, the, the tags that I did, and I can give you those right now. Um, I do not have any responsibility for any of the other ones. It was EKA50 or O M1K. Those were the posts that I did myself. Any of the other posts, I didn't really have any part of. Part of the planning, like I said, it's a Discord server. It sort of goes wild from there. And a lot of my stuff, if you look at it, it's a lot of just general questions. Stuff that in our, a lot of people looking on the outside don't know that this is what people talk about. So that I just took what people were talking about and made it into a statement. Gotcha. And it's um, it's interesting in that way that I guess it gives you a look at sort of like what people's focus was, I guess you could say. And I guess it was more – my whole idea behind it is I figured people would just try to answer them and, and you know look at it as what they were, which were questions. You know, It's like I just don't know how it spiraled into this like – crazy thing because if you go and look at some of the other tags you're just like it gets into some like crazy stuff like just from you know five five days after the original post you know right and who who are the other people who who uh you collaborated with because i'm sure a lot of people are actually aren't very familiar with uh who who uh, other who, the other people who were involved in the origin of QAnon allegedly so like the original post one of the main po- like the what we worked on the ones that you saw in the discord was just like Micro Iron Turbo. Yeah, so that's so, that's Microchip, the uh, the uh, notorious alt right troll. Yes, yes, and actually, <laughs> you, you, you'll you'll see um, you'll you'll see a, a turn in that. But um, basically, those that's sort of how we came up with the original posts in the Discord server. There were other people there, and you know, looking back at it, it probably should have been vetted because there was outside of us three, there was about five to six other people. Looking back at it, that maybe might have been the error. If maybe we had just kept it to the three, done the original post, maybe it never started spiraling into this craziness of, of what it is. So I got to ask, do you have any idea who might be behind QAnon right now? Um, my my belief, and I didn't want to like speculate, and, and that's something that you know I, I don't want to do because I don't want to like throw anybody you know, in, into like the fire. I, I really do believe that the people that are behind it, if you look at how Sather posts and how uh, Praying Manic posts, like when we first started as posting as QAnon and then the person November on, there was never like that religious aspect. There was never like that alien aspect really prominent in the Q post. Mm, yeah. If you, if you look at them now, a lot of it's, you know, religious stuff. They they pin on the, the the religious aspect, and then you've got Sather with his alien stuff. You see that that's more prominent in the posting. So, like, my belief is that I do believe that the the twelve people that made the book, I do think that they're at least involved in crafting the the current Q drops. The next thing I want to talk about is whether or not your uh, 
you're you're telling the truth because <laughs> because you you did you were a guy who pushed a lot of uh, disinformation, frankly, on the internet. I mean, so here's my claim. Here's here's my big issue. Like your background is really consistent with someone who would help make the first Q drop. Like you helped the Trump campaign uh, and the Trump administration through these volunteer social media efforts, uh, in, in, including pushing you know just bullshit basically. And then uh, since you were uh, like this pro-Trump, tech-savvy, social media-savvy guy, that that background makes your claims credible. You fit the profile perfectly of someone who would make this. But at the same time, your background also makes me very skeptical. How do I know that you coming out and saying that you were the first person to make the first Q drop is just another op that you're running? And are you claiming responsibility for helping to start QAnon because you think doing so might help Trump if people believe it? Or are you saying it because it's true? That was a question that I knew was going to be asked, and I'm going to be straight with you guys. And I know this this answer here is going to probably make me lose a lot of friends. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm about what's doing right. This isn't another op because, honestly, I really don't care if Trump gets reelected in 2020. While I support him, you know, doing right by the American people in my eyes, and I know that they're... People can come at me and be like, well, he's not doing this right, doing that right. And, you know, I like I said, I can't I can't defend him on a lot of things anymore. Like and I've been defending him like I've defended him with friends of mine. I've lost friends doing so. And, you know, I don't think, you know, I'm ever going to really like free certain people from beliefs that they have about Trump. Like, oh, you know, he's never wrong. You know, he he's more right than the media. 99% of the time, it's probably him leaking out all that stuff to the media anyways, because he's he's known for that back in New York. And that, and that goes back to like original stuff about what he did with the like racist things with the, the renting, you know, and going into it, I didn't know those things. I, I wasn't aware of those things. So as somebody that, you know, like me, I just look at it as, um, you know, just being trying to come clean and, and realize that like I get called fake MAGA when I criticize him. Like when he says that he's built the wall when he hasn't. And that's I'm a conservative. So, you know, people call me a paid shill, a Soros operative, all these things. If I was running another op, I, I I'm I get berated by people on, on my replies. I've lost a lot of contact with certain people at the end of the day. Like I, I just don't care if he gets reelected because in a lot of ways he's let me down. You know, he's let me down because a lot of people don't know I voted for Obama. I believed in Obama out of high school. I was very liberal. Um, you know, and I really believed in the guy. I got sucked up into, to that whole, you know, thing and, and not to go, to go back, you know, I don't think Obama did as bad as a job as a lot of people think he did. But, you know, I want to just come clean. And at the end of the day, I don't care if this helps him or not, because a lot of the a lot of the things are that he's done this to his base. It's sort of his doing that his base don't does not believe anybody in the media. Um, if you even come up like, for instance, the uh, trade deficits, I mean, the trade deficits under Trump are, are like terrible. Like I have friends of mine that have had to close their companies because of these trade deficits. And, you know, I see real impact on, on friends of mine that run businesses. And if, and they were Trump people too. And a lot of us that are maybe, I guess, more in touch with reality are sort of seeing that we've sort of been lied to. And over the last, I'd say year, 
I, little by little, I've just realized, I guess I got fleeced. So my whole thing is more about preventing something like New Zealand from happening. Because I do think a lot of these people are becoming unhinged because they're not getting the promises they were given. So they're looking for something else. They're, they're coming up with crazy conspiracies and things such as that. So genuinely, I'm probably not going to vote for Donald Trump again. And that's just sort of what it comes down to. I'm, I'm sort of over this whole MAGA crap and, and things like that because at the end of the day, when I look at the figures and, and, and the facts, he's not really helping the country. I do want to talk a little bit about the tragic terrorist attack in New Zealand a little bit. In the aftermath of that, you, um, I noticed that you started a campaign basically to knock 8chan off of the internet here in the U.S. You, you, you started uh, um, talking, adding uh, Cloudfare in an attempt to get them to deny web services to uh, 8chan, and uh, you st- even started a petition. So uh, I'm I'm interested. Do you think there's really any hope of like uh, actually knocking 8chan out of commission? And you know, people are going to ask if do you really think that's the best thing to do? I have people on my side that do not support that. Um, you have you know that trash outlet gateway pundit coming out defending vote, uh, uh, 8chan, all that. I I support 100% supporting their uh, deplatforming them because, like I said, I I use these not 8chan, but 4chan, I used these forums before. And like when you go and look at it now, it's it's just all racist stuff. It's just all nonsense. There's no like – there's nothing to gain from using them. And like if say you have somebody that's an isolated, say, 17-year-old, 18-year-old that maybe has guns and he's seeing all this stuff, like he's going to probably do something. So at the end of the day, like I'm a father of two two kids. And I think a lot of why I've sort of come come around to this is because I look at my kids and I say, what, what do I want? I want a better future for them. I, I want them to, you know, not see things that I've seen um, spiral out of control. Because a lot of the times I always looked at 4chan as edgy memes and, you know, just shit posting. Because as you know, I, I shit post. People are going to hit me for supporting censorship as a conservative. But, you know, my belief is that 8chan in terms of their moderation is doing a terrible job. If you look at that thread, that thread went on for hours. Yeah, it went on for hours. And if you look at the a lot of people come back and say, oh, Facebook, let it live stream, things like that. It's a lot harder to moderate something like Facebook that has billions of users than a simple thread of maybe 150,000 people. So like when people bring up that argument, it's like, no, I don't believe that. They they could have easily archived that thread right away, shut it down, but they didn't. And, you know, my whole thing, I always go back to the child pornography. Um, you know, it's on their forums and, you know, that promotes sex trafficking, all these things that, you know, I hold dear. Um, all that stuff just bothers me. It's one of the most disturbing websites you can ever use. I saw the the 4chan thread of the or the 8chan thread, excuse me, of the New Zealand shooter. Um, it was archived uh, from Jake Hanrahan's page, um, who we've had on the show. And uh, when I was reading through the comments as it was going down, a deep depression settled in. You see a group of kids that it's almost as if they're commenting on a Twitch stream. There is such a disconnect in um, in reality uh, of these people who've you know were like 
horribly, horribly slaughtered. And yet the comments are like, holy fuck, it's happening. You know, uh, if anybody, uh, whether you're conservative or whether you're a liberal and you're, uh, you know, in free speech, whatever, when, when you look, when you look at a, at a thread like that, I can't imagine that anybody would come away from that uh, not uh, wanting to deplatform chan like i said i always saw 4chan as like just edgy memes things like that but like this is like once i saw that i was like dude screw this like there's no defending 8chan anymore you just can't defend it anymore they got child pornography on there jim watkins sit behind an isp in philippines so there's no accountability it's like it's on him to moderate this stuff like if you're gonna have a platform visible in the united states you should moderate these things so that stuff like this doesn't happen because you want to know what's going to end up happening. And if this stuff keeps happening, you're going to have more things like this happen. Yeah. And I don't I, – at the end of the day, like I'm a conservative. I have my arguments with liberals, but I don't want them to be killed. I don't I, – I, at the end of the day, my political opinions are not more, are not more important than life itself. And, and that's sort of where I've made this turn. I've talked with people that have dealt with extremist groups, and they've sort of reined me back in. I can't take back what I did with the original post. And I know that Julian's brought it up. I was wrong for the stuff that I did, and, and I own all of that. But what I can do now is I can try my best to pull the people that I feel are falling in this dark this darkness that's surrounding them. If, if maybe someone like me can come out and be like, hey – I was pro MAGA. I was, you know, deport all this, deport all that. If I can look back and be like, hey, all those things were wrong, maybe I can inspire others to maybe take the step back and look and be like, hey, yeah, you know, having platforms like this probably isn't the the best thing to to be out there. And hey, if Jim wants to like actually moderate his boards, maybe maybe he can get a chance at, you know, staying visible in the United States. But I think like you gotta really take a stand against this. Extremist groups they're getting more radical and I feel like they're going to start doing more things like this because they're just upset. Uh, they've been manipulated. They've been programmed, brainwashed, and I don't want people to be killed at the end of the day. It's that shit posting on the internet is not as important as someone's life. Thank you so much for coming on James. It's uh, it's been a really interesting conversation. I just feel like taking this chance to reach out to others to, to maybe try to rein things in a bit is, is probably what's needed in this uh, country because Donald Trump ain't doing a good job doing it. Like I said, I'm being genuine in, in everything that I'm saying here today. So thank you, James. Thank you. And now a deep dive into meme culture with Jake Rokitansky. So this week, uh, I, I'm i not telling a story, and I know that that might disappoint some of you, but you know, in light of some recent events and just the general tones of 4chan and 8chan, uh, to glamorize in any way, you know, uh, fiction or not, uh, this community I felt was in bad taste. Uh, so instead, I've I've decided to look into a claim uh, made uh, by predominantly right wing uh, shit posters, and that is that the left can't meme. If you spend as much time wading through message board sewage as I have, you know that when it comes to making memes, there's one thing that all the chans can agree on: the left sucks at it. The left can't meme has even become a meme in and of itself in this like grotesque meta in which we live, similar to the learn to code meme plaguing fire journalists. 
In this section, I've taken a control group of current memes, uh, aggregated primarily from Twitter and Reddit. In an effort to keep the experiment as even as possible, I pulled memes based on respective hashtags. For example, on Twitter, I raked in memes uh, from both the hashtag Muller is coming and hashtag Storm is coming. Uh, on Reddit, I took samples from both uh, R the Mueller and R the Donald and R political humor. Uh, I, along with Julian and Travis, will be analyzing these memes from an objective standpoint so we can finally put a rest to this fascinating debate. Keep in mind, as we have learned from the QAnon book, uh, memes serve three main purposes. One, uh, good times or having fun. The lulls. Yeah, the lulls, if you will. Uh, number two, uh, to inform the reader so that they might change their opinion. And number three, a call to action. So let's start with memes concerning how Trump is observed from both sides, shall we? Uh, now, first on the top, we have a uh, left-leaning meme intended as anti-Trump. There is a picture of the president uh, looking like he's yelling at you for opening the refrigerator door too fast uh, with the header, stochastic terrorist, and the definition thereof. The meme on the right is a Photoshop picture of the president walking away from what looks like a napalm explosion in front of which is a highway sign that reads Deep State. Did you put in place any kind of randomization of how the memes were then selected within the timeline or did you just pick the ones you wanted? I picked ones that were not like overtly racist and violent. <laughs> oh, great. Well, great. Now we have to compare to the non-racist right, right. wing. I mean, they're all kind of. I, I mean, I just I, I, I'm trying I'm trying to keep this analytical, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, although the liberal meme contains actual information and a term helping to define Trump's characteristics, the right-wing meme is far simpler with blockbuster explosions and a clear explanation of who's just been carpet bombed. While the meme on the right isn't rooted in any sort of reality whatsoever, it immediately elicits a feeling of action and excitement. It's safe to say, however, that both memes tell their respective readers what they already know. So uh, let's move on to a, a set of memes with a slightly higher production value. One of the weirdest things is that Jake actually came in with a stethoscope and like a white lab jacket because he <laughs> thought maybe we wouldn't challenge him, I guess. <clears throat> now, the meme on the left is uh, it's a parody of a Game of Thrones poster uh, with special prosecutor Robert Mueller brilliantly photoshopped High onto, quality. The, onto the body of Jon Snow, uh, looking grave and clasping the hilt of his sword. Uh, the font at the top is, is rendered in the signature Game of Thrones lettering and says, Mueller is coming. Mueller is going to fuck his own sister. Now, the meme on the right is a uh, frozen still of the Titanic uh, sinking uh, with 20 Democrat heads uh, crudely photoshopped oh onto God. its deck. Is that Trump <laughs> built into an island? No, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the iceberg. It's the iceberg. He's the iceberg. Depicted at the bottom uh, is uh, Lindsey Graham escaping in a lifeboat uh, with Lisa Page, the FBI attorney accused of being involved in a coup to oust President Trump. The text just reads, the text reads, just the tip, and then in parentheses, ping point. So they're saying there's a play on just the tip, uh, which is a sexual reference, uh, but then uh, saying that this is the tipping point of uh, God knows what. Yeah, yeah. but I, oh, is he saying Lindsey Graham is fucking Lisa Page? He I, he say, I th I interpret this as uh, that Lindsey Graham uh, would have been on the Titanic, but he's done a 180, and now because he supports. Uh, Trump's agenda that he is he has escaped with his insurance uh, Lisa Page who's gonna tell who's gonna tell all or whatever she's gonna yeah. sing like a fucking stool pigeon but you're supposed to sympathize with the iceberg in this meme <laughs> which is very confusing no like this is like this was a horrifying disaster and you're supposed to go yeah 
fuck you, Titanic. There's even yeah, there's like little little things too, like the the um the Antifa member that they accused of uh you know or who got in trouble for beating up a a neo Nazi. Uh, and they make fun of him for having a long neck is like coming out of one of the smokestacks and shit. Oh, yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> see, well, so while far more crude than the slickly produced Mueller meme, along with the completely incorrect use of a parenthetical, the Titanic meme is far more effective as it signals out all of the players of the alleged, quote, spygate. If you look closely, there are all sorts of Easter eggs tied into the Titanic meme. There's a hammer and sickle painted on the side, as well as the renaming of the ship, The Deep Satanic. Would you describe your relationship to the Chans as them having just the tip in you, Jake? Uh, yeah, I would say that's fair. <laughs> right. I would say that's fair. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a nice play on the t- on Titanic and will guarantee additional lulls upon further viewing. So this is what I'm starting to notice uh, is a pattern here, is that uh, liberal memes are far higher quality in terms of creating an image and playing on popular culture references. And um, but they lack they lack the the dedication to detail in a sort of like misinformation sort of way, like they're definitely more image based where, uh, you know, I think right-wing means attempt some kind of narrative in a way that, uh, you know, that people look at it and go, oh, well, that's kind of funny, and that, you know, the supposed truth of the meme will will seep in through the humor. Now, when it comes to liberals and Trump supporters taking shots not at their leadership but rather each other, the two following memes uh, represent each group's opinion of their rival. The meme on the left is split into a top and bottom section. Uh, The top is a picture of Trump giving a speech with the caption, because of me, it's now 2019. That's the highest number year ever, much higher than Obama. And at the bottom uh, is a picture of white Trump supporters (laughs) cheering in approval. (laughs) It's a decent one. Yeah. The meme on the right is a picture of Morty uh, from Rick and Morty uh, (laughs) holding up a punch card labeled, quote, times I respected you uh, with all but one square covered. The uh, header text reads, quote, how male feminists think sex works. This one's funny, too. Yes. In my opinion, the meme on the right is far more dank. It's more specific and cutting, as I know I myself have fallen victim to this mentality before. And so seeing a potential truth exposed by a group of people I detest stings more than a Trump supporter reading a meme about how stupid he is. Yeah, they, I mean, they're conflating uh, feminists, a male feminist with, like, this weird soft boy shit. Yeah. That, that is like, you know, you do the respect, but because you expect something around the corner. Now, in some cases, in my research, uh, I found that liberals, not the left, were capable of making equally disgusting memes uh, worthy of 4chan fame. The meme on the left is a picture of uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, and the caption is, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were executed for conspiring with the Russians in 1953. Keep your fingers crossed. Jesus. Uh, which is, which is, yeah. in my opinion, no different than any QAnon thing. You are, yeah. you are hope, you are giddily hoping for the execution of, of, your, political of your political enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, the the bottom one is fucking yeah. awful too. It's it's um it's it's uh, nude photographs of Melania Trump from when she was a uh, adult model, 
and the caption is, uh, but they're really, I mean, they're really disgusting. They, they, it looks like a, like a almost like a snuff film. Still, this is a big thing with uh, a certain part of the libs that I I imagine overlap with the trans exclusionary radical feminists who just want to call Melania Trump a whore and who think that that somehow is a potent argument against someone. Like, I hate sex workers, and uh, the first lady is a sex worker. Like, good job, dipshit. Yeah, it, it, the bloodlust and body shaming are just as bad as anything you might find in the chance, minus the blatant racism. Uh, I found that in many liberal memes, there exists a strong desire to see perceived enemies executed publicly, albeit none with images of explicit violence. Now, on the opposite side of the spectrum, every now and again, I would come across a right-wing meme intended to red pill, but instead actually echoes uh, legitimate arguments the left has with the ruling political class. Uh, for example, this meme regarding the French president addresses uh, the disconnect between elites and the working class. Now, at the top is a picture of Macron uh, pouring champagne for rich friends and family at some picturesque ski lodge with snow-capped mountains surrounding them. Uh, meanwhile, on the bottom is a picture of the Gilets jaunes uh, riding in the streets of Paris, uh, setting fire to public property. Their intention, uh, co-opting the rebellion in France, is bad. Uh, however, they're getting closer to something true that is currently taking place and highlighting a massive disconnect between the French president and the current situation with France's working class. Yeah, this is the uh, so close, but... So far. Yes, yes. At the end of the day, I, I've come to the conclusion that when liberals meme, they're often actually trying to copy the style of right-wing memes, uh, but their often superior intelligence is a net negative when working in the meme format. They're too timid to be as, quote, edgy as the alt-right memes, and that hurts their effectiveness. That's what it is. It's it's uh, because there's no real effective belief system for liberals, and it's very, you know, whatever will serve my particular moment, and they're very scared of the left actually being ideological because of the lack of beliefs, your meme doesn't have the same power because undergirding it isn't some sort of strong belief or truth, right? right. I mean, you can't describe uh, Melania Trump as a whore as your like central belief in yeah. life, right? That's not your ideology, <laughs> nor is, uh, hey, uh, you know, conspiring with Russians should be an executable offense. That can't possibly be your central belief. So again, they kind of just hijack whatever they can to kind of make their point, but it's empty. So uh, conversely, the irreverence and lack of complex critical analysis lends itself to be a far more successful uh, within the media format. Uh, in some ways, I agree that the right's memes are more effective in that regard. Because they have strong ideological viewpoints, which is male feminists are uh, liars and they're uh, pathetic. Uh, or, uh, you know, Mexicans are coming to take our jobs and, you know, rape our women. Like, that's a strong yes. belief, and, and your your meme can communicate it with just a couple images because the belief is strong enough. The belief is strong enough, and it's shared so that it, you know, when somebody that has a, a similar, you know, who, who does have those core beliefs, which they hold true whether they're posting memes or not, they can see this and immediately go, oh, yeah, oh, man. And, and you know, it's it's much more spreadable uh, and, and more and lends itself to further radicalization. Plus, when you meme from a position of hope, which a lot of QAnon people do and a lot of liberals do, you know, Mueller's coming, he's going to take care of all of this, uh, you know, daddy's going to save us. So when you meme from a place of hope, you've already lost. Yes. Memeing should be always from a place of power uh, and a place of strong belief. I mean, you might not be the dominant belief system, but at least you should have the conviction that you're completely correct. Yes. So and and when I did stumble across a, a far left meme, uh, which are few and far between, and a lot of them live on um, the subreddit, our political humor, oddly enough. 
um, I find that they're actually just as potent and worth for an investigation at, like their skeezy counterparts. They may not be as funny, potentially due to actual working moral compasses, but they are successful in providing a quick delivery method to understanding some of the real deep flaws in modern day society. Uh, that being said, I think it's fair to say the left can meme. But liberals can't. Yep. <laughs> I have submitted this journal to the almighty meme lords in hopes that they consider modifying their stance on the left and their ability to meme with the best of them. Oh, uh, we're seeing a response to what you posted. It just says, kill yourself, meme fag. <laughs> mm. Again, that was a quote. I'm not canceled. And so I leave you with the absurd and my favorite discovery from my deep dive into the current memes uh, populating social media. Note, I did not try to find the most popular or the most shared meme. I literally just entered a couple hashtags that I felt were uh, flip sides of the same coin and saw what was being shared. Celebrating uh, laziness as a, as, a, as a feature. I did come across uh, this final meme that I will leave you with. It is a picture of... Donald Trump uh, in the Oval Office, uh, standing with Kanye West, and somebody has photoshopped the uh, the Schwarzenegger uh, handshake from Predator <laughs> over them. Uh, it's not well photoshopped. It's just a picture tilted slightly to line up with uh, Trump and Kanye West's. But, but arms. it's incredibly good. It looks but fantastic. It, but it's incredibly good. Uh, it's 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 very well done, and the joy on Kanye West's face is palpable. The, these are my favorite kind of silly sort of like abstract memes. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, um, this is Jake Rokotansky reporting back to you, Julian. <laughs> Damn it. It's not even my segment. <laughs> well, thank you, Jake, for that. And uh, I hope my criticism doesn't deter you from continuing your scientific research. This has been the QAnon Anonymous podcast. We do not advertise on our show. We're supported entirely by the listeners. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for $5 a month to get access to all of our premium episodes. It also allows us to progress towards financial independence for the show, which currently is not our main job, but that is the goal. So you can help us with that, help us build by heading over again to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribing for just $5 a month. Thank you to all of our current subscribers, and thank you uh, to our future subscribers for helping us towards our goal of being 100% financially and editorially independent. You know, right now we just republish whatever the Sinclair Broadcasting <laughs> Organization <laughs> tells us to. Uh, you know, all the stories that Jake, all the stories Jake tells are just handed to us as a script by the Sinclair Broadcasting. <laughs> organization you can follow us on twitter at QAnon anonymous and for the host it's at julian field f-e-e-l-d at real rockatansky and at travis underscore view also a uh, good job jake you know jake has been putting together some video content uh shot on the road you know we hope that the cops don't stop him for using his cell phone to film while he's driving but he's doing a lot of great investigative work on uh, just vehicles that he passes yeah when i look when i see something i say something and by say something i mean <laughs> risk my life uh, yeah. to bring you some original content that you're really not going to find anywhere else. Um, you know, impossible potential ops being run yeah. by the government. Uh, I also, um, it is very surprising how many people uh, shit on me uh, without uh, doing any sort of investigative work uh, to find that I am not, in fact, what? a uh, true Q believer. 
But hey, you know, that's the that's well, the risk I run. Jake, and Jake, I, someone's got to go out there and risk their lives by screaming through two layers of glass to someone who's not listening to them while on the road. My one wish is that I didn't have a fucking shitty, like, air freshener thing dangling, uh, blocking the view of this awesome uh, digital camo boat, but hey. If you remove that thing, then you're going to lose a lot of the charm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and my car will undoubtedly smell like old McDonald's bags and... Um, uh, shirts that I've uh, kept in the back seat uh, for yeah. the better part of a year. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. <laughs>